from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. So it's hump day, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, hump day on the first week of the rest of your lives, I mean, of the 2019 championship run. So uh, all three of us are back today. We have plenty to talk about. We're going to piggyback on what we uh, started yesterday and talking about the plan for this this franchise this day, today. This will be the 6th of February, a Wednesday, you know, middle of the week. Plenty to do. So, uh, Seth's back with us. How are you, pal? I'm doing really, really well, man. Life is good. I'm a little bit under the weather, but, you know, we persevere. Always. Uh, and Chris is doing his normal thing. What's up, bud? What's up, man? We persevere unless we're Jerry Goff, who just kind of did not persevere at all on Sunday night. Yeah, that was tough. <clears throat> that was tough. You know, I I had an analogy in my mind. Um, so what we saw was Bill Belichick completely own Sean McVay, which is, you know, a lot of people are hassling McVay about that today. I mean, look, it happens, right? Belichick's the greatest. He is the best coach in history. Um, I think this last Super Bowl kind of established, at least in my opinion, I think it goes Belichick, then Brady in terms of importance for the Super Bowl run. And let me ask you guys a question. And I, I understand this is not what we're set to talk about today, but I've been curious what you guys think of this. Well, let's say Alex Smith back in 06 or whenever it was he was drafted is drafted by New England instead of, you know, San Francisco. How many Super Bowls does Alex Smith win with Bill Belichick? Four. I think he does, right? I mean, maybe not, but don't you think there's a chance he wins at least a couple? There's a drop-off, right? But Right, of course. A big drop-off, make no mistake. But, I mean, it's not like Brady played well okay, let me, during the Super Bowl. Let me ask you this, Seth. We talked about this on Tuesday show. How big of a drop-off is there in QB, complete QB play from Mahomes to Brady? I don't know. Talent-wise. It's just, it, it talent-wise, it's huge. Um, Thank you. I mean, you know, that's, that's really where I'm going yeah. with that. I mean, talent-wise, Mahomes has way more talent than Tom Brady has. I'm not trying to say Tom Brady's not a great quarterback. I am just saying that talent-wise, he is not even probably talent-wise, maybe in the top three, top five, maybe even. Right. He works insanely hard, um, but a lot of these guys do. It's not like Alex Smith doesn't work insanely hard. And I'm just curious, in Belichick's system, and again, this is I feel so bad because you know it sounds like I'm like just underselling Brady. Brady is in, definitely in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Make no mistake, because you can't really separate Joe Montana from Bill Walsh either. You're absolutely right. Right. And so, I mean, it doesn't take anything away from him, but it, it, it's just, it's just an interesting thought exercise I had. I was like, you know, I think Alex Smith wins a few Super Bowls with Belichick because Belichick is clearly the greatest coach of all time. And he is the greatest in my opinion because he's got the complete package. He, he does good things with the offense. And yes, he, he's more of a defensive coach, but you see the adaptations his offenses have made over the years. That's true. And and then he also is maybe the greatest defensive coach in history. Well, you, um, you know what else he does? Huh. He runs the ball with a fullback. Oh boy. Uh um, don't get it started. <laughs> yeah. He you know, they he he in back to back weeks he outcoached Andy Reid. Although I will say this, it's you know, in the whole Andy Reid versus Sean McVay conversation. Andy Reid, I think, adjusted better than Sean McVay did. Agreed. But also, Andy Reid had Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. You can see the difference between Goff 
and Mahomes in how those games played out. Because when McVay couldn't create opportunities for Goff, that, that was it. It was yeah, over. he was done. Whereas, yeah, whereas with, with Mahomes, we've seen games where Reed, you know, his initial game plan was kind of, you know, held off a little bit. And Mahomes just creates crap out of nothing. Yep. Well, and I'll tell you this, too. If there's a personality difference there, too. The leadership that Pat Mahomes has innately. And if you missed it, folks, uh, go listen to Therese's podcast because he talked to Travis Kelsey about this and about that halftime speech at at the deficit and saying they're going to come out and score 30. You don't hear anything like that with Goff. You don't hear about that kind of confidence and leadership. Right. I, I've I've been thinking more and more about this, and I think it's becoming more and more obvious. Mahomes really does have that crazy competitive edge. I think he just hides it pretty well with kind of an aw shucks attitude. Well but done. That he hates losing. Certainly, and like. yeah, and I think that's becoming more and more obvious. And I, I just think it's kind of interesting. I, I watched that you know Tyreek Hill Halloween party thing on YouTube, and you just watch him play party games. And the man's pathological. And I like that. <laughs> That's what you want out of your quarterback. And so, yeah, Mahomes. Sorry, I've got Mahomes on the brain today. So it's, uh, that's, that's, that's where my mind always is, it seems. Well, you mean you have the MVP on your, on your brain? That's okay. Well, you know, you yeah, have the focus of like, like 30 of my articles this year and the current one. <laughs> well, and I like what you're doing there. Let's talk about that for a minute because. Yeah. I think after this game and, and what I said yesterday is how close that the performance that he was able to put up just in that second half puts them to winning the Super Bowl because of the way these teams played the actual Super Bowl. But when you look at him compared to some of the greats, what's your initial takeaways? Well, this is a uh, this is the the project that I'm working on that you alluded to that depending on when someone listens to this, it may or may not have already been published. Um so here here's the deal. I want to take a look at, you know, what does Patrick Mahomes do when compared to the best quarterbacks in the game today and what a lot of people argue is maybe the greatest quarterback season of all time, Aaron Rodgers in 2011. And so I, I, I went back and I charted using the exact same system that I have, which <clears throat> if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the system where I actually look at accurate versus inaccurate throws and <clears throat> open receivers missed all that kind of stuff. Excuse my cough. I'm a little under the weather. So, um, and what I wanted to do was figure out, you know, where does Mahomes land with that? Because a lot of people say, well, Mahomes had a lot of help. Andy Reid is great. Tyreek Hill's amazing. And so what I want to see, what separates him from Drew Brees? What separates him from Tom Brady? When you leave out the rest of the players, what do you find? You know, what, what does Mahomes do? And I don't want to, I don't want to do too much of a spoiler alert here because I, I'm going to be honest. I put like 30 hours of research into this. So you're going to have to read the, the article at theathletic.com. There's a free trial available. Nice. You can use. Can I yeah. do that even There's though I already signed up? Um, I, I think it would be <laughs> kind of redundant for you. Oh, well. Um, but, you know, for people that, by the way, there's always, they always are offering like a week-long free trial, by the way, people. And so, you know, if you're on the fence because you don't want to pay three bucks a month or four bucks a month or whatever for sports coverage, I get that. That's fine. To me, it's worth it to not have clickbait and have an app that works incredibly well. Um, plus, the coverage that we have, I think, is stuff you can't find anywhere else. But... There's free, there's, there's, there's free trials that you can use to check this out. So check out the article because what I found is that, how do I say this? Mahomes is unique. Hmm. He is unique. And some of the narratives about him, like the fact that maybe he takes way more risks 
or that maybe he had way more easy throws or something like that. Some of those narratives, when you put them under the microscope, don't quite hold up like you'd think. I, you know, I have more, I hold Mahomes' season in higher esteem now when comparing it to the be- other best quarterbacks in the game than I did before I started. And so that's, it, it, it's called, you know, how, whatever, you know, I, I can't remember what we decided to off, you know, call it contextualizing Mahomes, something like that. But the reality is he did not just complete people say, Oh, it's, you know, maybe the best year ever for a second year player. Now it was one of the best years ever. Period. I just want to say RGR football is completely free on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> as well as I think you have to teach me how to watch film with a microscope, but that's a whole different story. I was just going to say, we need to take a quick break and move on. Uh, Cause I, we could talk about this all day. How dare you? Uh, I understand, but if we don't take a break, we're not going to uh, have a let's pay the bills podcast. It's going to be an hour long conversation. <laughs> All right. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored this podcast today. Email us at lockedonchiefs at gmail.com. So where do we go from here, Chris? Yeah, Chris, where do we go from here? I think just for the record, you know, you can direct all complaints about what just happened to what is it at Chris Clark? On Twitter.com. Um, please do. Please please direct all complaints about us ending our Mahomes love fest. I'm kidding, Chris. You know I love you, man. It, it, but with that, it, I'm signing off. So you guys have a good rest of the podcast. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, man. That's You know what? We're going to have a competition to see how many things rhyme with Chris. While you... <laughs> you know what one of them isn't? Hmm. Team Ryan. Wow. Wow. Yep. Oh, yeah. I did it. Oh, for the love of... Look. Okay, no, here's the here's what we need to talk about, Seth, because Ryan and I talked about this yesterday. Okay. Before we get off on a tangent. Mitch Morse. Uh yeah. What's your son gonna do? People keep asking me about this. You know, can I can I say something that I have never ever said to a facet of Chiefs analysis before? Yeah, my friendly, please. I don't I, I don't really have a comment on that. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I, I I like I like Mitch uh, as a player a ton. I think he's an exceptional center, and he's a really good dude too. Um, I I would consider him not a close friend, but a friend of mine. And I'm just not comfortable chatting about mm-hmm. him. Like, and, and that's the problem with getting even a little bit getting to know someone. And so I would just you know I I, I know I'm not allowed to do no comment because I'm a professional. So what I would say, um, the fact that they signed Ryder. Uh, for a couple years. Um, now they do like having flexibility along the line, and maybe some of it depends on what Morse asks for. But, um, you know, I just think with the concussion history and how well Ryder played in his absence, even though I do think there was a drop off, particularly in Blitz pickup, it, I think it just entirely depends on what he asks. Maybe he looks for like a one year prove it deal or something to show that he can stay healthy because he really is a very, very, very good center. Pro Football Focus came out with something like he hasn't given up a sack in like three years. I'm pretty I sure mean, that changed in the playoffs, but I agree with you. He's a very good center, and that's kind of where we stuck. Is it really depends on the contract he wants? Uh, right. He's not gonna he's not gonna get a big deal from Kansas City because I don't think Kansas City 
in all reality, can afford to give him a big deal because you look at what uh, Rodney Hudson got paid, and they cannot pay that type of money. Oh, well, so. and he he wouldn't get that kind of money in the open market. Hudson was coming off a career year. He'd been healthy a couple of years in a row. And plus the center market right now, there are a lot of good centers in the league now. There are more than when Hudson got that deal. And and that is very true. But what I will say is that I still don't think that he that the Chiefs can really afford to give him three-fourths or two-thirds of that contract. Um, I I would be surprised in the open market. I think if he can get himself six mil a year, I would be very happy for him yep. with the injury history and stuff. Now, the thing is, he really is a very, very, very good center. If you didn't have the concussion history there, um, I think it's a very different conversation. I completely but, agree. But again, the center market is tough. There are a lot of good centers in the league. When you look team by team, there aren't a ton of teams that are looking for centers. No. So beyond Mitch Morse, th- there are free agents on the other side of the ball as well. And we have to really come down to, I think, between what we feel are the primary priorities for fixing this defense. And I don't know how you feel, but I really don't feel like free agency, at least the guys that are on this roster right now that are free agents, I don't really feel like any of them are priorities. I don't feel like you have to keep any of them. I think by far the best case scenario is keeping D Ford around for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely had, had definitely had a really good year. Uh, maybe even a great year. I haven't reviewed his film yet. He's next on my list of okay. people that I want to review because whether or not they tag him is such an important deal. Everything I've heard is that a long-term contract isn't like in the works. Like I haven't heard a whisper that they're trying to make a long-term deal work out with him. Um, and neither have I. And I'm already assuming that the tag is what's going to happen to him. Right. And you know, the, the, the tag for him, that's not all that cost prohibitive. Honestly, was that like 15 mil, something like that? I think um, so. That's really not that bad. You know, then the question becomes keeping him and Houston. You and I have talked about that a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me again. I apologize to everyone listening to me suck wind and blah. anyway. Um, the the <laughs> thing with that, that's a technical term. Yeah. The the nice. thing the thing with Spagnolo's defense, you know, you need pass rushers. He's always been at his best with multiple pass rushers, and Ford has mm-hmm. shown himself to be a pretty good, a really good pass rusher. And he's also varied him his game this year. I'm a little bummed they let Mike Smith walk after Ford had a career year under him. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's varied his game up. He's he's gotten better at rushing from the inside as well as the outside. I feel like he's become a guy that you could move around on the line a little bit. Um, not as much as Houston, but you can. And that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. And so I think, you know, he's the guy you really want to bring back. Um, Alan Bailey, eh, if the price is right. I have trouble seeing where Allen could actually play in a format in front because, right. you know, they're going to try to play that three tech and a, and a one basically and try to get in the gaps. And I don't see Allen Bailey as a bat, gap penetrator. Yeah. I'm curious if they would maybe try him out, depending on what they do everywhere else, if they would try him out at one of the defensive end spots. Yeah. Like that five tech that's going to be covered up by the Sam most of the time. Yeah. That five tech. I mean, that's not, that's not a bad spot for him, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm I, with you. I feel like he's got the, a, more than enough strength to hold up the edge in a way that occasionally he would get rolled on the inside. And I think he's got the athleticism. I I don't know if he's quite the athlete he was when he first entered the league, but I think he's a guy that could maybe play. He would be, he would be slow for that end. I think 
but not too bad, honestly. I think it's something that he could maybe try. Because like you said, it's essentially a five-tech. And I think he's got a good build for that and pretty good athleticism. So that that could be an option, but I think he might have priced himself out by having a pretty yeah. solid year. Yeah, I agree. And he did rush the passer better than he has in years past, I think. My only problem is I think in this particular scheme, the, the under version of the 4-3, I think that puts Breland Speaks off the field again. I think they really want to try and see what they can get out of right. it. Right. Yeah, that's the only spot I could see Speaks is that that five-tech yeah. spot, which, frankly, is a much better spot for him than an outside linebacker. So, yeah. Um, and we'll see how he looks because I, I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot There's a lot going on there. Speaks certainly was better <laughs> to close the year than to start the year, but that's partly because he was so bad to start the year. It would have been almost impossible not to. But really, other than Ford on defense and maybe Bailey, who really might not be a fit considering everyone else they have, I'm perfectly fine with them starting over. Um, yeah. I really, you know, this is kind of an interesting thing. You know, the longer I think about it, and I don't, I still don't like it because I don't see a way of replacing the production. The longer I think about it, the more I could see them really getting nutty with like with Houston and maybe even Eric Berry with like a post June first type thing. Yep. Just for this purpose of, hey, you know what? We're starting over. Like this is a this is a complete fresh start. Because at the end of the day, you know, whatever weird stuff was going on with Barry injury wise, I mean, I, I don't know. But the fact is, you know, when you've got a defense that was that bad and these are your two defensive captains, and they are, make no mistake. That's tough. And it could be it, it, is. it could be that they want different leadership in that locker room. And here's the deal. I I revere Eric Berry as a person. I think he's I, I think he's an from everything I hear, he's an awesome, intense leader, does a great job with that. But when you have a defense that bad, you gotta ask yourself where the accountability was. And, and and again, Houston's kind of a lead by example guy, and I get that. But this defense, and I understand Bob Sutton, I think was a big part of the problem. And sometimes I wonder. I personally think Justin Houston was a little bit sick of Bob Sutton's system. I really do. Um, I, I think smarter players were. And I think that, yes. that's why you hear that. You know, they talk to players about it, and the players express frustration saying, man, we saw what they were doing. It's just we we had to do our jobs. And so there's a lot of nuance to this, right? Because I could also see them with a new start with, with Spagnolo. I could see Spagnolo meeting with Barry in Houston and walking away going, yeah, those are guys that I want. And them saying, yeah, we're all in with this guy. And that could be a huge, a huge boon to helping keep it from being a complete and total rebuild. But well, and I see it this way. Barry's the bigger question mark to me because he still has to have another surgery, they said. But we've seen no announcement that he's got it done. So that entails another recovery. And given the string of, of injuries, another recovery makes it harder to digest. But on his the positive side, I think he can slip in to the Spagnuolo scheme a lot easier than Justin Houston can because Justin Houston has always played in a 3-4. And while he can play a number of positions, I don't think any of them in the 4-3 are really his home. But he's more healthy. I I think he's able to rebound and get more a couple more seasons of production out of. So when you've got a situation where you're going to be playing some traditional 43 as well, you need a guy who can be not just a wide nine edge rusher. And Justin Houston can do that. That's what makes me curious. What they do with Ford is going to be very telling with what they do with Houston. 
Yeah, and we what do we have? We have from today we have a little less than a month till they have to put that tag in. Right. And if they if they tag Ford, then here's the interesting thing. If they tag Ford, that doesn't necessarily mean Houston is gone. But if they let Ford walk, that almost certainly means he stays. Yeah, you have to keep one of them, right? Right. I, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you 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 lose two thirds of the best pass rush in the NFL if you don't. Yeah. And I think you got to keep at least one of them. The interesting thing to me is they really do have some great long term options there. If they want to keep Houston one more year, whether they do a restructure or not, you can keep Houston one more year, keep, tag Ford, and say, you know what, we're going to take a run, try to have the most talented defense possible, and then then we'll move on with long-term options. You know, after we've kind of established Spagnolo's defense a little bit. I just, I'm so curious what they decide to do. And like what you talked about, you know, Barry's, Barry had, you know, with no announcement that he's had surgery yet, that's kind of weird. Yeah. You'd think he'd want it as soon as possible if he wants to. Right. To start that recovery, right? Right. And, and again, I get it. You know, the sea, but I mean, the season's been over for the Chiefs for a couple weeks now. Yeah. And two weeks of recovery time. I mean, crap, that's important. You're talking about, you know, what if it's the difference between being ready at the beginning of preseason and the end of preseason? That's important stuff. And so I'm just, I'm very curious what's going on behind the scenes between Eric Berry and the Chiefs, because I think right. there's a lot. I have a tendency to think so, too. Um, one more thing, folks. We'll, we'll take our second break. We'll come back in a second. And let's talk about the, the other things that could happen. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the Locked On shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's LockedOnNFL.net on Twitter. Check that out today. So there's plenty of other options. Like you were saying, longer term, um, this is kind of an interesting free agent group. Yeah. Uh, and I know there's one guy we have to talk about. We'll get to him in a minute, folks. But uh, specifically about pass rushers, what's your opinion on this this free agent class? You know, if like no one got tagged, this would be an amazing free agent <laughs> class. Because, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a stud. I have never seen anyone give Mitch Schwartz trouble the way Demarcus Lawrence does. That includes Khalil Mack. I'm not saying he's a better player than Mack. But, I mean, that includes Mack, that includes Miller, Bosa. None of them gave Mitch Schwartz problems like Demarcus Lawrence did. Um, yeah. Trey Flowers just got done with a great season in New England. He gave the Chiefs a ton of problems. Um, Brandon Graham, now he's probably only for a few years, but he's still a really high-level pass rusher. Grady Jarrett, if you're looking for someone who can come from the interior. Clowney, Frank Clark, I don't think the Chiefs will touch him with a 10-foot pole, but we'll see. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of pass rushers. This this will never happen, but let me ask you. Imagine Sizzle in a Chiefs uniform. Who's Sizzle? Terrell Suggs. Oh, <laughs> that would be so interesting, especially if they kept Houston, because then you'd right? have a pair of guys that, you know, don't collect sacks in bunches, but are really <laughs> solid rushers. Hey, I would take, is Suggs a free agent? Yep. Interesting. So he is, he's a good, you know, but he's not a long-term option again. No. But he, he can still play. Um, Honestly, he's never going to play it down for anybody with the Ravens anyway. Right. Yeah, that would be that would be very surprising. But, I mean, this is a good year to need an edge rusher. The problem with pass rushers, it's the same thing. You know, other teams are, you know, people that are pass rusher need are like, hey, man, D. Ford could be available. Problem is most of these guys get tagged. There's no yep. way Demarcus Lawrence doesn't get tagged. Trey Flowers, he might become free. But if he does, then you're like, why? 
what does Belichick know that we don't? <laughs> right. Um, well, and that that's exactly how I see it. And it brings me back to, in a free agent year, pass rush is not what we're going to see happen. It's got to be the other building block this defense needs to eat in the linebacker group or, or probably even more importantly in the secondary. Yep. And I know there's a couple of safeties out there that we both like. If you had your druthers, if you're Brett Veach today, who are you trying to figure out if you can go after? I would see if I can snag Landon Collins. He had the best year of his life under Spagnolo. Um, man, I watched the Giants defense a little bit in 2017 just to, you know, kind of get a feel when I wrote about Spagnolo. And mm-hmm. man, Landon Collins, he flies around the field. He, yep. I mean, and the thing is, I've heard people say, oh, he sucks in coverage. I don't think he does. Um, well, I won't say he sucks, but I will say, I mean, he's a strong, he's a box safety guy. Yes. I think he's, he could play a robber. I don't want him at free. I think there's another guy they need to go after at free, but oh, it's definitely a role and it depends on the very Thomas position. idea. Come I around, am- bro. Are you kidding me? Since he flipped the bird, I've been on that. Oh, yeah. Who was I arguing with about Earl Thomas? Oh, that was Chris. His name's Christopher. Oh, yeah, Christopher. Direct all complaints to <laughs> at Chris underscore on Twitter.com. Right. I, and so, I mean, here's, here's, that's the one thing with, with Barry. You've got the, the health question mark. And if you do a post June 1st cut, yeah, you're going to end up with dead money for a few years for sure. And that sucks, mm-hmm. but you'd have enough money if you wanted to sign a high end safety. And there, I mean, after what the safety market did last year, Maybe find out. Maybe he wants to play for Spagnolo. Maybe because the safety market last year was crazy, right? It was so like yeah. everything was so low. May now this year, the problem is with signing a safety. If you still have Eric Berry on the roster, that safety is going to compare their salary to Eric Berry. Yeah, if Eric sure. Berry's not on the roster, they're going to have to compare their salary to the guys who signed last year, and that's advantageous for the team. Landon Collins, I think, would be great. I think Earl Thomas would be great. Um, you have no injury fears, right? With Thomas, you know, I, yeah. I, not really. I mean, he broke his leg, you know? Yeah, a couple times. That's the only thing for me. Right. Was it the same leg? Yeah. Same spot? I don't know if it's – no, I doubt it's the same spot. A bone usually heals stronger, but it's same leg, and that's it's a little troublesome. It gives me a moment's hesitation, but I'd still go after him. I absolutely would, too. And then there's the idea, you know, what are they going to do? Maybe where they get aggressive is cornerback. The one problem is there's not a ton of – elite corners available. Oh, you know, talking about safeties, did you know that Adrian Amos is a free agent too? Yeah, and, as well as our guy from last season, Trey Boston. Yeah, and LaMarcus Joyner. Yep. And yeah, HaHa Clinton Dix, I think, is too. So there's a lot of safeties on the market. Those guys are less likely to be tagged as well. Yeah, and like with that many out, the, out there, and what we, we saw in last year's market, you know, this, this looks like a safety market could be a bargain. Absolutely. And so if they really want to... uh if if they want to if they want to get if they want to get a couple different guys that might make sense i mean cuz you know sorensen has i mean what you can save 2.5 mil off the cap with him something like that mm-hmm. um you know i wouldn't over that um <laughs> i actually think spagnolo is going to like him because i think he likes to blitz his safeties Yeah. And that's the one thing i think sorensen does that pretty well that is that's definitely something he does pretty well but i mean you know it's not like you know landon collins can't blitz you know what I mean? True. I mean, if they keep True. Eric Berry, I love it when Barry blitzes. I think he closes like a missile. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's taking advantage of one of his best traits, his closing speed. And so I would love to see them get some help on the back end. The real problem is there are not a lot of, you know, if they go on the back end, it's almost ha- doesn't necessarily have to be safety. But, you know, I'm scrolling through a list of uh, a free agent uh, 
corners here. Yeah, Honey Badger's a free agent too. But mm-hmm. I, I just there there aren't a lot of corners like Darby's the best corner that's available. And uh he's got a ton of injury issues. You know, Kareem Jackson is older. I mean it just you know, yeah. Jason I, I think corner's gotta be in the draft. Yeah. Bryce Callahan's the one guy that gives me an idea like, oh, he might be worth something, but he's he's not a a CB one in my opinion. Right. Maybe hey, maybe they take this offseason now, maybe they try to trade for Patrick Peterson. <laughs> hey, why not, right? Got that extra second rounder. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> but and so I think they they probably plan on doing a lot with the with the with the draft. And I get that. But I think what we saw this last year, we had some contributions from the draft, but you can't count on rookies to be high impact players. You just can't. Yeah. And so I think what they do this year, maybe they take this year and that's one reason why I think Houston and Ford might stick around because maybe they try to have this year kind of be a second bridge year. And mm-hmm. then, you know, have the guys come in and play well long term. And that's the other thing, you know, maybe our, maybe they're counting on Armani Watts to come back and contribute last year because he was definitely becoming part of the rotation for getting hurt. Yep. And so there's a lot that, I mean, they, if they blew everything up in the defense, not named Chris Jones, that wouldn't completely surprise me, except Anthony Hitchens because he's going to be there because of his contract. Yeah, they can't get yeah, away from they, that. And you have to have four. Yes. They they plan on building. I know for a fact. I mean, they can't get rid of Hitchens, so they'll keep him. I think he'll be better in Spagnuolo's defense. I really do. Um, I do too. But I mean, you know, so you know, you've got Chris Jones. You know, you've got Derek Nottie. You know, you've got Hitchens. You know, you got Kendall Fuller. Outside of that, there's a buttload of question marks. I mean, like Dorian O'Daniel. You assume I think he could have a. I think he could have a great career as a will linebacker. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And so there's there's a lot going on here. There's just so many possibilities. And we really won't know what kind of players they plan on being until we see what they do with those three big contract decisions in Ford, Houston, and Barry. Yeah. Well, folks, what we're going to do is go over those positions, what needs to be improved. While we won't know until those big three get done, we will have an idea of where they have to go one way or the other. So thanks for your time. We appreciate you listening to us today. Seth, thanks for taking the time. I know it's been an interesting day. It has been an interesting day, but I'm I'm always I'm always ha- happy to be able to hop on board. It's fun. <laughs> and folks, we will have more for you the rest of the week. We'll start position reviews this week and next. Uh, so keep it here. Make sure you download next time. Spread the word. Let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.